For those of you who don't know me, I'm Beth. Um, it's an honor to be able to bring um, the word today. Um, for those of you who are joining on, us online, um, welcome and thank you for joining us. And I really hope that this speaks to you as much as it um, God is talking to us here today, that God will speak to you um, as well. So today I've been asked um, to speak about discipleship. And I've named the sermon today Step-by-Step Discipleship because I don't feel like discipleship is something that you just achieve and that's it. I think it's a journey and I think we're all on different points of that journey. Um, So when I was a kid, I distinctly remember my first ever time jumping off a diving board. Now, the reason I remember this is because it was a bit traumatic, (laughs) so be prepared. Um, So this was the point where um, if you didn't have childcare, I don't know about you, but um, the child just went to work with you, yeah? Um, So my mum and my cousin both worked in a primary school with some really wealthy families. So when I had like a day off school or... um, was a different inset day or something. I was just took along to the school um, and I'd have to do extra days of school. But part of this was I got to meet um, and make friends with some of these wealthier families, um, which I didn't really notice very much when you're a child. You don't notice these things very much. However, I was invited to a party with one of these girls and her grandma had a private pool in her backyard with a diving board. Now, all of the other kids that were invited to this, um, they were really used to these private pools and the diving boards, and they knew exactly what to do. However, for me, I had just learned how to swim at school and maybe on the odd occasion with my parents, but there were no diving boards involved. Of course, when you're a kid, you don't really think about these things. You just think you can do anything, don't you? So I just decided I was just going to go on this diving board, jump myself off, and I'd be fine. (laughs) Um, Long story short, I ended up nearly drowning. This is why it's so vivid in my memory. Um, (laughs) They had to throw the ring in to get me out. Um, And yeah, I was trying to dive before I could barely swim, basically. That's my point. And actually, sometimes in life, we can try and dive before we can swim. (laughs) And in Christianity especially, I think we put this pressure on ourselves to have it all together, to be living in God's purposes, to doing everything right, and we only became a Christian like last week. Um, we try and dive before we can swim. So in making this a step-by-step sermon, I'm hoping that actually we can just go, okay, where am I on my journey? And what is God telling me today? What is my next step with where I'm at? Um, and take a little bit of the pressure off diving in. <laughs> um, so I'm going to start with step one of being a disciple. And that is, quite simply, follow Jesus. The very first disciples that Jesus called, all they had to do was drop what they were doing and literally follow Jesus. So in Matthew 4, verse 18 to 22, we see Jesus calling his first disciples. And it says, As he was walking along the Sea of Galilee... 
he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Follow me, he told them, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with Zebedee, their father, preparing their nets, and he called them. Immediately, they left their boat and their father and followed him. So the very first disciples became disciples because they'd chosen to follow Jesus, to leave what their plans were for the day, leave what, whatever was going on in their lives, and to follow Jesus, to live in relationship with Jesus. Um, and they literally got to be with Jesus, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, that is the basics of being a disciple. So if you're at that step, maybe that's your step today, um, following Jesus. Um, but I'm going to warn you, even though following Jesus sounds quite simple, following Jesus did include a sacrifice because you see they couldn't follow Jesus and still live the, the, the way they were living they needed to leave their old lives behind to step into what Jesus had for them Luke 9 verse 23 Jesus says if anyone would come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me so the disciples had to deny the life they'd chosen for themselves. They had to be willing to sacrifice their plans and what they wanted to do in order to live in this new relationship with God. And they had to make that decision daily. It says, take up your cross daily. It's not just something that we just make that decision once and then that's it. Like We have to make a decision to go, okay, I'm going to follow God's way every day. For them, it involved leaving their homes, their jobs, being persecuted, and even being murdered for what they believed. And while in this country, we might not have to suffer as they did, God still asks us sometimes to give up certain things and to sacrifice certain things. Some things that maybe aren't healthy for us. Some things that maybe get in the way of how God, um, what God has plans for us. So we cannot continue to live our lives as we live them and follow Jesus in his new way of uh, life and this abundant um, purpose and life that he has for us. And maybe he's not going to make us give up our houses. Maybe he is. I'm not going to say God's God. Um, <laughs> But maybe he is going to call us to be more generous with our money and help people in need. Maybe he doesn't want us to give up our jobs or our hobbies. Maybe he does. But maybe he is asking us to move out of our comfortable lives and to make him the priority, to give up our time for him. So following Jesus requires a sacrifice, and that's different for all of us. Um, and God, um, maybe God is speaking to you today about something that he wants you to surrender to him. And I think there's a difference, so hear me out, I think there's a difference between sacrifice and striving. 
God doesn't call us to strive. We don't try to be good enough to be a disciple of Jesus, okay? We are a child of God, we are a disciple, we are loved, and we are forgiven through his grace alone, okay? But when we look at what Jesus sacrificed for us, when we get into a relationship with God, when we feel his love for us, when we start loving him, the natural thing to do is to want to sacrifice our lives, ourselves, for the one who sacrificed for us. It's a love thing. Okay? It's a grace thing. So step one, follow Jesus. That might be your step today. Maybe you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, and there's going to be... Um, time to do that and we're gonna we're gonna say a prayer later and so if that's for you um then yeah maybe that is your step today but discipleship doesn't just stop there you see first and foremost we sort out our own relationship with God but Jesus asked us uh, he actually asked more of us than this because he leaves these instructions for his disciples and those instructions are just as important for us today as they were for the original disciples. So we're going to look at what Jesus instructed. So Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, says, Jesus came near to them and said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. So when we look at this passage, we see there's actually three more steps that Jesus asks for us, of, of us in our discipleship. He asks that we make disciples, baptize them or get baptized, and teach them. So I'm going to mix up this order a little bit because here we're talking about making disciples and then getting, baptizing them. However, if we have only just become a disciple ourselves, our step two is baptism. So it's really clear in the New Testament that if we choose to follow Jesus, then our next step is to outwardly express that decision through baptism. So we've, we outwardly express that we have turned from our old way of life and followed him. And this is really convenient, isn't it? Because we have a baptism service next week. <laughs> so if you're at this step and you know that actually your next step is getting baptized in water, please talk to Christian at the end of the service. Um, and he can make that happen for you. <laughs> but, you know, it doesn't just stop with the water, actually, because we're also baptized in the Holy Spirit. So in Matthew 3, before Jesus even starts his ministry, in the same passage where Jesus himself gets baptized as an example to us, John, his cousin, says this, I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is more powerful than I. 
I am not worthy to remove his sandals. He himself will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So there's not only this baptism in water as an outward sign of turning from our old life and following Jesus, but we're also given this baptism in the Holy Spirit that enables us to go out and make disciples and be the disciples of Jesus. It empowers us. And this is the, the first thing that Jesus says to his disciples to do. So when he gives the commandment, go and make disciples, get baptize them and teach them, before they even start doing that, he calls the disciples to wait for this Holy Spirit baptism. He says in Acts 1 verse 4 to 5, it says, while he was with them, while Jesus was with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem but to wait for the Father's promise, which, he said, you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. So maybe today you need to get baptized in water. Maybe today you want to ask God to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Um, And I really, really feel like God is ready to do this because Um, those of you that have preached up here will know when God really is ready to do something, normally you get a week of attack before it. Um, And I can tell you, God is ready to do something this week um, because I've just been like battling this. Um, So actually, I think, you know, God's really ready to do something in some people today. Um, And we're going to make space for that in in a few moments. So, follow Jesus. Take up your cross daily and follow him. Get baptized in water. Get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Maybe that's where you're at. In which case, you can go to sleep for a little bit if you want. Um, (laughs) But if you're there, if you've made a decision to follow Jesus, then it doesn't stop with your own journey. Because step three is that we are called to make disciples. We don't keep our salvation to ourselves. We share our salvation with others. We introduce other people to Jesus. Because the amazing stuff that he's done in us, he wants to do in everybody. And he uses us. How, how incredible is that? Like, just get your head around that. Like, he chooses to use us to share him with other people. I've lost my place. We're all good. (laughs) So he calls us to go out into the world with the Holy Spirit inside of us, which is why it's so important we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit enables us to model godly character, to serve like everything we do is for God to minister grace and love to people, to influence the culture around us, to speak out for truth and justice, and to share the gospel with those in our world. It's not in our own power we do this. It's through the Holy Spirit that enables us to do this. 
And this is a whole sermon in itself, so I'm going to stop there. And we will most likely have another message on evangelism at some point. Um, But maybe that's your next step. Maybe you are being called to share Jesus um, with someone. So those of us that have been in church for a long time, the first three steps might not come as much of a shock to us. I feel like some people can just kind of be like, yeah, I got that. Yeah, that's the basics. Follow Jesus, get baptized, done that. Share Jesus in my everyday life. But there's this little tiny bit at the end of the commission that sometimes we like to glance over. If you're anything like me, you like to glance over it and you don't really think very much of it. Um, And it's this pit where it says, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. So if you're anything like me, sometimes I look at this and I go, yeah, but that's for the leaders. They're the teachers, right? They're the people who disciple people, yeah? Um, But I have no idea why I think that, because at no point does Jesus go, okay, this part of the commission is is for everybody, and this part is just for the leaders. It's it's not true. Jesus' whole commission is for all of his disciples, all of his followers. So, our step four is that we are called to encourage people in their faith, to come alongside people in their faith, to build people up in their faith. Now, notice that this is the fourth step. Because if we haven't got ourselves right with God, if we don't have a relationship with God, if we're not listening to his word then we can't really help anybody else to do that. We've got to get our own relationship right with God before we can have a positive impact on other people's relationship with God. And Jesus warns us of this. He says in Luke 6, verse 41 to 42, Why do you look at the splinter in your brother's eye, but don't notice the beam of wood in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take out the splinter that is in your eye, when you yourself don't see the beam of wood in your own eye. Hypocrite. First, take out the beam of wood in your own eye, then you will see clearly to take out the splinter in your brother's eye. So, this is all about we need to know that our relationship is right with God before we start speaking into other people's relationships with God. And don't get me wrong here. You don't have to be perfect to teach other people. That's not what it's saying, okay? So if we're waiting to be perfect before we actually help other people in their faith, we're going to be waiting a long time because none of us are there. We're all in different places on our journey, but we do need to have the basics right. We do need to have our heart in the right place um, before we can have a positive impact in others. So there's a reason this is after we've chosen to follow Jesus and be baptized and make disciples of other people. I think they're probably both at the same time a little bit. So, we are called to help others in their spiritual journey. We have a responsibility, every one of us, to help others in their faith. And I'm going to be quite controversial here, because I'm going to say, it is not just the Connect leaders' responsibility to disciple those in your Connect group. It is not just 
the senior minister's responsibility to disciple those in our congregation. It is not just the youth worker's responsibility to disciple our young people. And it's not just our children's workers' responsibility to disciple our children. It's really clear here that we are all called to encourage others in their faith, to build them up. And notice I say just because it is their responsibility as well. If you are a leader, part of your responsibility is discipling people. That's a really important thing. But it's not just on them. Yeah, it's on all of us as a church family to build up everybody in this family. So maybe that's not to the level that they do. So maybe we don't disciple a big group of people, but we can all disciple someone. There's always someone that's looking up to you in your walk. There's always someone who's not quite as far along in their journey as you are. And that person may be looking at you right now to help them on their next steps of the journey. So, my question is, who are you discipling? Have a little think. Who are the people that you are impacting? Who you are encouraging the faith of? Is there someone that you know is slightly less far along in their journey that you could encourage and support and help? And who's discipling you? Um, so I have some incredible people um, that I get to stand on the shoulders of who encourage me, who challenge me, who tell me about their experiences and let me learn from their experience. And you know what? We're a church family, so everybody can have that. <laughs> you know, We're responsible for each other, and everybody has those people in the family that they look up to, that they come to for advice, you know, those people um, that can make an impact on their lives. But it takes a bit of vulnerability. It takes having to be open to people, having to be honest with people, allowing people to speak into your life. Um, it's not easy to do that sometimes. You've got to be willing to do that. But everybody can have that person and everyone can be that person to someone. So... That might be your step. And maybe if you're thinking, this is my step, but I haven't got a clue how I would go about discipling someone or how I would go about getting discipled by someone, then I'm going to give you some really practical things that you can do. Um, I like to be practical. So <laughs> number one, show up. <laughs> because we can't help anybody on their discipleship journey if we're not there in the first place. And I am preaching to myself here because I cannot count the number of times that I haven't shown up for something because I'm tired or I can't be bothered or I've been really busy that week. Um, and I've just never thought about, actually, how does that impact the people that I'm not showing up for? Like, God could have used me that day to speak into somebody's life. God could have used me that day and giving me a word for someone. You know, showing up is part of our discipleship. Um, 
So that's a nice easy one, really. <laughs> so we can just be there for people, be there for people on their journeys, whether that's in Connect, whether that's church, whether that's in a team, whether that's even just meeting up with friends. Show up and be part of people's lives so you can encourage them. Secondly, encourage the church family. Not all of us can work in every ministry. It would just be really hard to actually navigate that, wouldn't it? And so, but we can all ask for a word from God for someone. We can all go and go up to someone and encourage them. We can all learn each other's names. Like I'm, I'm talking to myself here because I, um, I have a confession to make. Before I started the children's and youth, working in the children's and youth work, I couldn't name half of our young people under 18. And they're just as much of this family as we are. So actually, just knowing someone's name can encourage them. And then once we know their name, it's a lot easier to encourage them and disciple them. <laughs> so I am declaring today that you are allowed to ask anybody's name in our church family today. And we're going to be really gracious and forgiving. And we're going to make an allowance for that. Because it's silly. I, I don't know about you. But you can go years. And there gets to a point where you're like, I can't ask that person's name anymore. Because <laughs> I should know it. But I don't know it. So let's just have some, some grace today. And I'm declaring that when we go into that cafe... If you want to ask someone's name, that is okay, and they're going to be gracious and loving to you. <laughs> so, show up, encourage people, get to know people's names. And then, if there is, um, if you do feel that God is calling you um, to maybe have more of a one to one relationship with someone, then we can make that happen too. So, um, my incredible young adults team who are going to put their hands out right now. I, got, I was like, I'm sure there's more of them than this. Um, they, we do this on a regular basis. We pair people up with people that want a relationship with someone older or someone younger um, to encourage each other, and that can look different depending how um, you want that to look. But if you are feeling called, like you actually feel that you want to invest in someone or that you want to be invested in, in your relationship with God, please come and speak to one of us, and we can sort that out for you. So, step one, follow Jesus, take up our cross, and follow him. Step two, be baptized in water and in the Holy Spirit. Step three, go out and make disciples. Step four, disciple others, teach others, encourage others. So, let's just pause for a minute. We're going to take some time to respond now. I told you this was going to be short. And let's just ask God where we are at and where does he want our next step to be?
And if today you're not quite on step one yet, maybe you're not a follower of Jesus yet, but today you want that to be the step you take, then we're going to pray a prayer in a minute. And this prayer is just going to acknowledge that Jesus died on the cross to take away all sin, all shame, all guilt, all those things that get in the way of us having a relationship with him because he loved us so much and that he gives us a life of freedom, love, righteousness with a hope and a future. In a moment, if you want to make that decision to turn away from your old life, to start a relationship with God, then please, in a minute, um, we're going to pray. And if that's you, please do join with me. So let's do that now. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I ask you to forgive me for all my wrongdoing and receive me as your child. I commit my life to you now. Amen.